Welcome back to another edition of today's episode. Home Economics just premiered on ABC about a week ago, so we're doing episode two, Mermaid to Fed a Wedding Dress. And this show's about the Hayward family. You got three Haywards, Jimmy, oh, sorry, those are the real names, uh, Connor, Sarah, and Tom. And each one of them has some personality quirks, but right out of the gate, this show likes to check those boxes. LGBTQ, checkmark. Diversity, checkmark. Tech, as in Zoom, podcasts, smartphones, checkmark. Dialogue, you're talking about lit, dope, swag, boomer. You get them all, checkmark. And then you also have vegans. Well, that's not the only thing that this show is really known for. It's known for the fact that uh, it deals with kind of the economic level of each of the three main characters. For example, uh, Connor is in the higher class. I'm sorry, well, you watched the show? I watched uh, the show. I think I know the economic levels. Of well, it's just the fact that that was the main thing that was used in the pitch. In fact, they felt like it was too much like Modern Family. So that's what made them kind of switch it to that type of show where they made that the main focal point. Yeah, there's a lot of rich humor in this show. Like Jimmy Tatro's character, Connor. It's, it's Tatro, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Jimmy Tatro's character. In fact, I remember him making a YouTube video where he stated he hated that people called him Tatro. <laughs> okay, well, you're more of a fan of his actual personality yeah. than I am. But in this show, he carries it. He carries this show. And it's because he plays a doofus who's immature, but at the same time, sort of the heart of the family. And then at the same time, he's bought Matt Damon's house. Yeah, that's an on-running joke. They always make jokes about Not Matt only Damon. is it an on-running joke, I feel like this is on the level with the Jimmy Kimmel making fun of Matt Damon jokes because they've made fun of The Martian. They make fun of We Bought a Zoo. Uh, the sister literally says, like, he hasn't made a good movie since We Bought a Zoo. And then they were like, wait, what? Well, yeah, no, Topher Grace actually went on to Jimmy Kimmel for an interview and just continually made fun of Matt Damon. Oh, for real? Uh, yeah. For the show? Yeah. Topher Grace is who I'd expect to be the lead of this show, but it felt like Jimmy uh, Tatro and him were kind of splitting the duty. Yeah, well, he, Topher Grace was brought on to kind of headline this the show mm -hmm. and he's had a huge part in it he's the executive producer and he it was, feels like his first sitcom since that 70s show right right his first main role in a, in a sitcom yeah because he kind of goes back to that eric foreman double take i was going to see want to see what the difference was between eric foreman and his show here because here the creator of the show michael colton is kind of who topher grace is playing because this is based on his life yeah he just plays eric foreman but he's also tom from haunting of hill house <laughs> The brother, he has the same plot line. He's a writer who's the older brother who's writing a book about his kids. At one time, he was a best-selling author, but he's fallen on tough times now, and so he doesn't have that much money to get by. He's also a young father. Like, there's just so many parallels to that character that it was impossible not to be like, did they just directly take that character <laughs> well, out? Well, the show is... Even the name. Yeah, well, Michael Colton was being very meta in the fact that he was writing a TV show about his life and his family because his sister is in the lower class and his brother is rich. Like, I think he sold a $7 million company uh, either before or during quarantine. Yeah, I mean, Tom begins and ends the episodes with his own narration, and we see him typing on the computer and stuff. So we know that this is supposed to be a book. His previous book, which didn't do very well, I found this joke pretty funny. It was about a prison baseball team in, the in 1906, and his sister <laughs> was going after him about it because... <laughs> Because there were no women in it, right, obviously. Yeah. That well, was yeah, because in, in the 1900s. Mm -hmm. His it, sister is also very progressive. Like, she's married to Denise, who is played by Sashir Zameda. Yes, yeah. and uh, she's anti-wedding, uh, very vegan, 
Um, she ha they have uh, mixed race kids, uh, and like she's just anti-establishment, very very progressive. <laughs> Did the chemistry work well with the show? Because that because Topher Grace actually was part of the casting for the show. He wanted to cast people that he felt it like makes he sense. had real yeah, connection. Yeah, he has a lot with. of power in it because yeah. he's had a lot of Hollywood success. That's what's interesting about pilots and sitcoms. Usually, there's a breaking period you have to judge on a curve. This show on a curve level, I think, is pretty good. And this is about the pilot. So let's talk about episode two a little bit because overall i like the show but i do think that uh tatro's character is bar none the best one because mm -hmm. his jokes are land the best and he's i think experienced at doing sort of millennial right. humor yeah so it doesn't come off nearly as cringeworthy when he says something like dope so <laughs> is he the older brother because topher grace is, he, <laughs> they played teenagers they both played teenagers on different shows but 20 years apart right well tatro is the younger brother yeah okay and then so he's then, only 29 years old in real life and so topher grace is the eldest of all three yes and he's approaching 40 but in the in real life i think he's over 40 yeah i think he's around like 41 yeah so. he's got one of those faces that doesn't seem to age quite <laughs> as fast as other people um so second the second episode deals with uh spag spags sorry and spags is a childhood friend who's getting married he's not really in the show that much but just imagine josh gad from artemis fowl okay yeah because i because i saw a lot of pictures of topher grace at a wedding and then like jimmy tatro holding him or something yeah he like was that. more jimmy tatro's best friend and sorry i'm gonna start calling him by his name connor yeah, he was right. connor's best friend and connor had invested highly into his drawer de, de, uh hors d'oeuvres uh plate <laughs> yeah. that come right out of your belt and Topher Grace's character, Tom, had also had the chance to invest and decided not to because it was a stupid idea, <laughs> but it ended up taking off. And that was just another way that he got rich mm -hmm. because he was already rich from... Right, so he was already... Yeah, he was already just loaded. <laughs> so now he's becoming a mega millionaire, right? I think he's beyond... Well, I don't know what he is, but he has no problem with money. That's what's easy about this show to kind of throw reality out the window because when you deal with Hollywood type shows and they deal with real actors and they are making fun of themselves it's easy to see them like spending frivolously right but usually when you see like a friends episode and you see that giant apartment that they live in in new york and you're just like well, how are they affording most of this stuff uh at least they take that out the out the window to start with right one of my questions and one of the criticisms of the show is that the economic side even though that's the main focal point it's, it's not really, very it's realistic really, the sitcom isn't trying to be like this deep dive into poverty or anything it literally doesn't even touch upon that the few jokes that i saw about the way that uh, sarah was living was that her apartment was small but it, it, like tatro's costs cover everything he was willing to take um, his parents and the rest of the family on like a trip to the Caribbean for Thanksgiving, all expenses paid. So like, a, and he, then he has a pajama closet, like where it's only pajamas. Is he almost like a deus ex machina where it's like, basically they use him for everything kind of. What do you mean? In terms of like his wealth, you're There's saying There's a second storyline in this that doesn't have him in it at all. And it's following Sarah and Denise and Denise is having, um, it is Denise, right? Yeah, it's Denise. Okay. Uh, she's having wedding envy, in fact, because uh, her wedding was just a town hall type thing. And she wanted a reception, or now she does, because she's seen all these reality shows. And she's kind of like, she likes the dresses and stuff. And so they go to the wedding, and it ends with uh, Sarah putting a napkin as a veil over her. And them having sort of a private dance. 
kind of hijacking the wedding thing. Yeah, you Which was, it. well, no, it, it, this was after a fight. So the other storyline that was going on was between the two brothers, which I think works way better because of Topher Grace's and Jimmy Tatro's, like, background. Mm -hmm. They're just really funny together. And uh, they get into a big fight over the speech or the... Um, toast that tom was supposed to be helping connor with right. and ends up just kind of feeling like he's been uh, manipulated too long and, and says no i'm not going to help you anymore they get into a big brawl right in the middle of the reception <laughs> and then the dad gets up and he says something along the lines of all right here comes big papa <laughs> and, does he join the fight yeah, well he tries to pull them apart but he's like a 70 year old man right yeah no, so uh, it, it was very awkward but the first episode i think was better than the second well, you mentioned Connor and Tom's chemistry, and they it does seem like they have good jokes together because they even went onto YouTube and did one of those dad jokes, like, verses type of thing. And it seems like Jimmy Tatro is kind of a stonewall in terms of that, but Topher Grace just kept on laughing even at as as own jokes. So are it's they It's weird opposites? that Tatro came from YouTube, right? Yeah, he came from like YouTube. Like, he, he started... He went to Arizona, I think. University of Arizona, yeah, and they dropped out. But he's he's the only YouTuber who's been able to get into actual movies that have gotten good reception. Like, he was in that werewolf one. He was in King Bosch, Babysitter? Yeah, baby... Well, I mean, not as much, though. Like, that's the thing. He okay. was So, in the end, when it comes down to it all, are they opposites? Like, is that is that what leads to some of the humor? I mean, they're supposed to be. I mean, Tom's character is supposed to be smart. But it feels like Tatro, even though he's playing the dum-dum, like the other two siblings seem to get upset over nothing. Like they, Sarah got upset with Tom because Tom was asking for money from Tatro for a loan and she just didn't want him to have it. And Tatro was like, I have no problem giving away my, my funds. And the only real problem with his life is that he's getting divorced and his wife cheated on him. <laughs> and I mean, that's a, that's a big problem, though. Yeah, but he was upset that he never cheated on her with the Pilates instructor that had come on to him. That right. was really hot. Yeah. And and so he, he's got this dumb humor that is sort of like adam devine but a nicer version of adam devine that makes sense yeah okay if from like from workaholics or in the one horror movie that he was in just an adam devine type I, oh, if overall. i put out the casting call it would be that <laughs> so tom uh topher grace does he have a lot of slapstick that happens to him in the in the show because one yeah, of the, see, main... in the first episode he like slams into the back of a wall and then gets up but well, that's about it. Well, one of the main... And then he got in that fight in the second one. Well, and yeah, and the whole entire show, that's supposed to be kind of a selling point that Tom is just very clumsy. But Tover Grace said that he was kind of getting tired of doing those takes, like the slapstick things, because they have to do multiple of them. I didn't think they were necessary. The wrestling thing felt like it was part of the plot. But the first one, it came out of the blue when they were in the gym and he just kind of slips. This is why he was asking for the loan. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really find that... The show's not perfect by any means. Right. Um, but it's watchable, and I would definitely watch another episode if it was just on TV and I felt like... Because I, I would wait for the characters I want to see pop mm -hmm. up. And this isn't to be too mean to Sarah's character or Denise, but like their entire premise of that second episode was just wedding envy and they even mentioned how like ridiculous that sounds coming from like in this day and age and it, but then they just went right back to it right the, the reason for that is that caitlin mcgee she was on how to get away with murder and she didn't really want to do another show once she got off um but then she read the script so she decided to sign on for it and she said that doing comedy was pretty hard in fact they even brought in dean holland who was an executive producer for the office because and she felt more safe doing kind of the serious scenes than actual humor so i think they probably kind of separated out by giving jimmy tatro was obviously used to that the humorous storylines while she was given more of the serious storylines even though this is a one person or a one camera sitcom i'm 
I think she did fine delivering her lines. I just felt like the story didn't really move anywhere. I felt like she deserved a better story. Because, so, again, her entire thing is just them feeling like they should have had a wedding reception. And the way they resolved that plot is just crashing some other person's wedding and then cutting together a spliced footage thing of, like, what their wedding reception would have looked like. So did it seem like the side storyline, kind of the B storyline, was just there because they needed to fill up time? They both felt like B storylines, but the one with the, um, Tom and Connor uh, felt like there was more symmetry and, like... I don't know. The only part that made me laugh on the on the uh, Sarah side was when they were watching the reality show for weddings and they watched like all the episodes and by the end they were crying after the beginning <laughs> they were being really critical of it. And as far as inconsistencies, it seems like every episode so far has ended with the siblings getting into some stupid fight and then forgiving each other at the end and promising to be more supportive of one another. And the first one, they didn't like the idea of anybody getting money. And the second one, it was about this wedding or it was about the fact that he felt jealous of his brother. Mm -hmm. And so they just resolve it at the end in the most simplest terms. And you'd think, well, that would carry over, but it doesn't. And then they also have two sequences, one in each episode, near the end of the episodes, where they do like this really cringy doo-wop song. It's either- Oh, they have to, they sing and stuff like that? That was in the first one, they sort of sang it. But in the second one, it was just like a really happy song that they danced at, at the wedding and it felt too sappy. Yeah, when I was watching the trailer, I saw that the first half was just complete comedy. And then the second half was more dramedy type of tone does it have an inconsistency in tone with it or does it seem like it no it, gets, it never gets like super deep it's 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 a comedy so is it turn off your brain type of television where you can just enjoy it and not really think about it that much um it's not bad like usually when i say turn off your head like or <laughs> yeah turn off your brain it's it because it literally the jokes won't be as funny if you're really thinking about them this one i like the idea of them being like well there's a backyard in the inside of your house like <laughs> And, and, the, and they're all likable because Topher Grace yes, said they're all likable. after afterwards he was funny. They hated everyone. Well, no, he was he was gaining roles like David Duke and the villainous uh, character in Yeah, Bla he's played a lot of Venoms. In um, Black Mirror. And yeah, so that was all the roles that he was gaining. So I think that's why he dove so deep into this show being the executive producer and casting and starring in it because he wanted to kind of be like, I'm not that type Well, he of left that 70s show. So I feel like a lot of directors probably thought, oh, he never wants to go back to that sort of thing again. Well, he was kind of, the weird thing about it was he got that job off of a high school play that he was in and then he was just kind of thrown into that industry so i think that when he left that 70s show he was trying to kind of really scout out his options doing things like spider-man 3 and things like that but finally he decided to come back to this type of comedy because again this is his first main role since that 70s show and i think that from the looks of it it seems like it's going to get to season two just from the viewership numbers i believe that the first episode had around three million viewers and and then the second episode had close to that same amount. And if they get a season two, he even talked about possibly bringing in Wilmer Valderrama's in Fez from that oh, so show. Oh, so slowly incorporating season this. Two. I don't think they're bringing him Hyde back. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, probably not. But maybe Ashton Kutcher, who knows? And him. his wife. Yeah, if they bring him back Ashton Kutcher, then Milo Kunis will yeah, show Yeah, that's actually a character we haven't talked too much about yet. Carla Souza, who is Tom's wife. I think uh, they should bring back Red Foreman. Well, <laughs> but what did you think of Marina's character? Sorry, Marina? Yeah, that's, that Tom, that's Tom's, Tom's wife. wife. Yeah. She had a funny joke with a podcast in the first episode where she thought that Connor had murdered his wife instead of them getting a divorce because she's so into true crime. Right. But other than that, she just threw up in the second episode. No offense to her, but her her whole like 
um, story arc was her getting drunk at the wedding and then throwing up. That's about it. Yeah, they said that they would probably dive deeper into the storyline if they were to get a season two. It's only been two episodes, but I do agree that this will probably get a season two. Um, I would bet on it. I know that. uh, It's ABC, right? Yeah, ABC. And and here's a shout out to Hulu. So not in a good way. Uh, I was watching it on Hulu and then a Disney Plus ad premiered. And the thing about Disney Plus is they don't have any commercials. So you're advertising an alternative streaming service that is better than you. Actually, it's odd that you bring that up because I was about to say Topher Grace to get into comedy again. Started watching a lot of episodes of WandaVision, which had Deborah Joe Rupp in it. So he wanted to get back into comedy. So he started watching WandaVision, which I thought was a weird show oh, the to two pick. Things. Yeah. So first of all, they shot WandaVision or I mean, they watched WandaVision before this show was even shot. So well, this well, show must have been shot really oh, soon. Yeah, well, it was cast before quarantine, but before they were able to actually shoot, mm-hmm. the, the shutdown happened. So this whole entire show, and it, even possibly still now, was being filmed during quarantine. Yeah, so. the other thing I wanted to say was that even though it's filmed during quarantine, it's the first show that's post-COVID. Because they still referred to COVID, but sort of in the past. Like, yeah, it's been that. a year so to them and no one was wearing masks because they were all family and i assume all vaccinated right yeah what i think Susa said was that they would do the table readings over zoom and then they would like put the masks on when they were actually on set and they would practice it and then once they actually started the cameras they take the mask off so the time when you would, they would do it on camera was the first time that they would actually see the actors faces everywhere. yeah and another reason i call it post-covid is because they're still incorporating things like zoom but on a downscale like it's no longer 15 minutes of a 30 minute episode episode or anything it's literally just one little scene where they're talking to the parents and i think after the virus is done like we're still going to have this technological impact of what the virus has kind of caused people to still connect but through social media and and devices a lot more well i saw one of the articles say that this show like i remember sorry the punky brewster one was constantly talking about tinder and stuff and it's like (laughs) social media is just going to be complete like the next thing is doggy coin is going to be in the episodes (laughs) and i'm surprised that it wasn't like they weren't saying that he got rich on bitcoin or something Mm -hmm. Because that feels like that would have been an easy one to say that uh, this type, yeah, this type of personality Connors like, would have gotten. Yeah, and a person gets rich off of Bitcoin. But I believe also that um, Souza, who plays Marina, she had a lot of say in her character. Like originally they were going to make her Peruvian and they were going to make her, I think that she wanted to find more Latina type of uh, the characteristic. Kids are. The, because they, literally the mom and dad are playing sort of the kind racist they're not they're like the boomer age yeah because boomer humor was real in this they talked about boomers um and uh apparently the parents are so tone deaf that they would post a picture of portia and ellen every time their daughter's wedding uh, anniversary would come about online mm-hmm. yeah. and so like all the kids gave them a look for that and they would constantly be throwing out like things that would clearly if they were said by someone younger be looked at more it's like just accepted if a boomer says something kind of <laughs> right well i know key or something i know that jimmy tatro said that he felt like he was mostly the dad on set because he was kind of he, looking over the he kids. plays a good dad like this this is a guy i'm used to seeing in american vandal mm-hmm. just playing a stupid <laughs> stupid 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 teenager <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like who just draws penises and stuff on cars and now he's supposed to be a parent but that's technically supposed to be his character grown up sort of mm-hmm. and i think he does a good job with it yeah and the, the last thing i'll say is that Topher grace and carlos who's uh they play the married couple both of them had a baby during quarantine like they, they were different Together. different different, couple, different couples <laughs> but but they both had a baby during quarantine so it felt like they were kind of uh they said reflecting their roles um this is guy sounds like you listen to a lot of topher grace uh, interviews to start with well there was a ton of articles on this type of show and and interviews so i think because a it's on network tv right b it's actually okay right 
Yeah, well, I mean, the reviews were saying that this came a year late. Like, if this had shown up a year earlier, it probably would have been considered the best comedy of 2020. But now it seems like more things are coming out as of now. So it's not... Who said that? I disagree with that. I feel like this is the only way... If it came out a year ago, I feel like the writing would have suffered. Yeah. Because they wouldn't be able to throw in the COVID part. And with so much depression that's happened in the last year for different reasons. And also people's economic... Uh, the pull on their their finances yeah and their personal life like this is a perfect time for this to come out lighthearted, fun humor that's making fun of someone who's right i think that's what they're trying to do it has a six on imdb but the first three episodes were given to the reviewers and it seems like what's it got on ron tomatoes uh 90 percent actually but it seems like the critics like the show they say that there are some problems with it but they want to see where it goes and the problems i assume would be the ones that i highlighted about like the weird song number that they they felt like they had to make it too family friendly at the very end of the episode after showing you things like people throwing up into it right and and topher grace after he read it like when he learned that this was going to be for abc he was like oh yeah there were no cuss words really in that script that i read like he it was a realization afterwards yeah and it's good when you can make fun of matt damon enough (laughs) he really needs to be brought down a few levels well yeah that That guy's smug jerk freaking (laughs) okay yeah we have jimmy kimmel here all right well i think that that's all i have is there anything else to say um I hope that he buys more properties of famous people so they can make fun. It's like the David Borealis and uh, Bojack. Yeah, right. Where like they said that he... <laughs> it's so easy to get into a celebrity's old house or episodes where Matt Damon bought or someone was buying. Sorry, not Matt Damon. Uh, Matt. Uh, Matt LeBlanc. LeBlanc's house. Yeah. From him. Right. Yeah. No. I yeah. Right. <laughs> People's properties are funny to make fun of. All right. That was basically our review and our hundred fiftieth episode. Yeah. Cool. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.